going on everybody welcome back to another episode of denim radio this is episode zero two three um josh over there we got ty welcome back to the circus how's it radio, going ty? radio radio yeah it's going <laughs> great butt. weenie in the butt <laughs> <laughs> it's going great uh here we are again casting pod always happy to be here and get to chat with you yeah, I mean, it was a we were sweating a little bit because uh, had a couple interviews we were hoping that was gonna materialize that kind of didn't, and then kind of got this Good Friday streak going since you started. We've always had an episode every single Friday, so I was like, do we want to we want to break that streak? We thought about it over the Christmas break, but against all odds, we call we dug deep. We we found a couple, like we had old Mikey Voodoo. <laughs> he he popped in, filled in. Great popping. Slam together an interview that was episode 022. And today, or uh, yeah, today we're uh, I reached into the old Rolodex, Mr. Jordy McClelland, I believe is his how you pronounce his last name from uh, Faster and Louder Records out of just outside of London, Ontario. Records, records, records. Sorry, wicka, wicka, wicka. Uh, he had uh, reached out actually. I don't know if it was when you were on a while back and he was just kind of like, Hey, he introduced himself. This is, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I was like, yeah, we would love to have you on. And then we just, yeah, it hadn't really worked. But then I was like, well, while we're scrambling two days before airtime without an episode, wondering if we're going to have to do another clip show or our, our first clip show. And I was like, how about this guy? And I reached out. I'm like, I know it's later for you, but would you be able to do it at this time? And he's like, I'm down. And it's funny, he agreed to it thinking that we were actually, he was three hours ahead of us. So it was going to be 11 p.m. on a work what night. A legend. And then this I was like, is... well, I got good news for you, buddy. I'm in fucking mountain time. It's only two hours. He's like, fuck, even better. <laughs> so he just gets... gained an hour right there. What a legend. <laughs> yeah. He, he got some bonus minutes. But yeah, so we'll get into, the, into that conversation in a bit. He brought the girth. Yeah, he's got super girth. Super good. Yeah, great guy. Um, turns out that I don't know about you, but I have a lot of uh, mutual friends with him, and just not not even friends, but a lot of guys that names and guys that have crossed paths with in my career as a podcaster and a punk musician. And yeah, it's cool to just hear him casually name drop dudes that I knew. So the ties that bind, love to see it. Yeah, you're, you're a tie that binds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that the tattoo on your ass <laughs> <laughs> ties behind <laughs> oh yeah it ties the butt but yeah it was uh it was an interesting conversation for sure and yeah he's he's doing lots of cool stuff over there in 
what is it called? Ingersoll, just outside of London. Nailed so, it. Yeah. We will, we'll hop into that right away. But yeah, as as for what's going on in our world, is this the first episode in the new year for us? I think it is. Welcome to 2024. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? How, how, how's it treating you so far? We hope it's treating you good. <laughs> well, last time I talked to you, you were bored out of your mind. Just nothing to do. You're you're a little bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've been going shack whacking. My work is a little bit seasonal, so been sitting around uh, for for a while now. And uh, but I just got two jobs yesterday, so I'm back back at it. Back to work tomorrow morning. <laughs> Excuse me. It's funny how like. When you you know money's getting tighter and you're like fuck I'd love to go back to work but then it's like the time comes to actually go back to work you're like fuck I hate work <laughs> yes exactly. I saw I saw a really funny uh um tweet today I'm gonna read it out to you so this is Uncle Ari at Maze the Mouth I have no idea who this person is so hopefully he's not a, not a, not a bad guy and I'm like giving him air that he doesn't deserve but. Maybe I should look into that. But anyways, what he said, I have never come back from any holiday feeling relaxed, refreshed, and reinvigorated to get back into work. I come back with the taste of freedom still fresh in my mouth, a new, a, a renewed hatred for work, and a strong suspicion that this is not what I should be spending my life doing. Oof. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it's a little close to home. I had to send it to a few people, and they're like, I'm going like, to think about it. that. Before I leave for my next vacation, that'll just make for a great time while you're away, huh? But it is true. They're like, oh, you know, go unplug, take some time off, and just like, all I fucking think is like, this this rules. I'm not having to fucking work for the man. But I don't know. I don't hate my job. I actually like it a lot. But there's something about not having to give your life to somebody else to keep a roof over your head that's it's, it's quite quite nice but there's pros and cons there's pros and cons i've been self-employed for a long time since 2008 so i can tell you yeah, there's some days i love it there's some days that sometimes i wish i was working for somebody else but mostly love it i'm not gonna lie i'm just trying to make you feel better it's a riot <laughs> <laughs> well there's yeah it's like you said you're you're it works good because you know you know you're making yourself money but at the other times, it's like something nice about just going in, putting in your eight hours and being like, fucking peace, forgetting about this place as soon as I walk out the door. But the problem no, is wait, once, you, yeah. once you have a career as an older guy, it, you know, work doesn't stop it. Yeah, you're probably bringing those you're bringing those stresses home with you anyway, even though it's not your money that's on the line. Yeah, exactly. But enough about that. Um I guess in the, in the wild world of trashed ambulance, we, uh, and then this is high end denim relevance as well. We had a little show kind of before the, the year ended at uh calzone shop called Danielle's in downtown Red Deer is pretty cool. We, uh, invited our buds from the off sailors who've, they better, we're filling up quick, but they gotta, they gotta hop on the show. I think there's a rumor they're going to have some new songs ready here. They're working on them. So We'll get them on the show. But uh, yeah, they hopped on and then we invited our buds, Regal Fowl. Maybe you'll recognize them from, I don't remember the number of the episode, but it's it's there if you want to yeah. scroll back a little ways. They had a little chat. Um, so yeah, they came all the way from Banff. Um, Jerry got a hotel, the guitar player. I think he's had his girlfriend with him. They they hung Let's out, see. saw the saw the sights, the romantic Motel 6 or whatever they stayed days in. And then uh, Mitch and Brian, the, the the rhythm section, they they drove back. Brian stayed 
stayed straight for the night and was able to make it back. It was funny. I provided a, through my company, I was able to provide band beer. So I had a flat of beer and it's like, told the guys like, you know, like he gave us a discount on food. I'm like, can I bring some beers? And then it doesn't come out of your inventory. You just, you know, give them these once they're gone. That's it. But, and he, he was down with that. So I just, I had everybody have wristbands and it's like, yeah, just go show them that. No, you'll, they'll give you beer until they're gone. The only problem was I had just had a hodgepodge of beers and some of them were like 8%, seven and a half percenters. <laughs> even myself, like, I think I only had four beer. But I was like, really tall boys even, too, probably tall boys. Yeah. Like this. And, uh, I don't even really, it's weird. I like, don't really even remember the set. That's like, I didn't drink that much. But anyways, I, I survived It's a cool show. So there was a, only about like, can't remember what he told me the max capacity technically was like the fire code. I think he said it was like 60 or something. And I don't know, we were flirting with that for sure. But yeah, it was cool. Uh, people brought their kids. There was probably like 10, 15, like, decently young kids maybe they're out a little bit later than they should have been but who am i to judge but it was actually kind of kind of funny a buddy of mine he has like a blended family like his new girlfriend has a had a family before so did he so i think they got like three or four kids between the two of them and then they all brought a friend to the show Love to see it and then at the end they were all like dancing and stuff to our songs having a time of their lives and then they all came up and it's like they all had their christmas money and they're like everybody's like i'm you know it's your christmas money you spend it how you want so yeah, they're like, <laughs> how much is that and i'm like tell them and they go yeah i'll take that so yeah they all like bought shirts and then of course as you as you just as you just put your hand over the price tag and add ten dollars to everything that's <laughs> yeah, the it's the toddler tax no. no i didn't give them a deal but i didn't gouge them either but that's amazing that's you know yeah it was that's cool, cool and then stuff. of course you know throw them a bunch of buttons and stickers and oh shit kids that. love that man so yeah, then you know, you know, they'll be throwing them on their their duo tangs at work and their binders, and oh yeah, there's a buzz. With these old bastards. You know, Those kids are going to be tastemakers at their school. <laughs> it's it's going to be amazing. I hope so. <laughs> but it's it always cool. It's cool seeing young kids come to a show and also like having a fun time. Like it's that's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was that was me when I was growing up. So anytime. We get an opportunity to do it now that we're yeah. the adults, you and, know, to put on all ages shows for kids. I remember at the end of the night too, there was like a a dude that was kind of there with his family. So there was like a, I think it was a his wife and then his kid and then his kid's girlfriend. And I can't remember how old he said he was. He's in his teens or whatever, and he's just talking about like I would love to start a band. He's tr- tried a few times, and I just you know just just do it, man. Find whoever's interested, and you know just don't end it you know like unless you got something else to do like that's the problem like we all did that when you're younger you start a band you're like fuck we're not very good so you give up but then just, just don't give up just suck for a while and have fun doing it and then eventually you're not gonna suck you'll be decent and then eventually you might be a decent band so so yeah that the was crea- cool. the creation of new punk bands and seeing it happen is awesome that's like the whole goal behind this to me so glad to hear it that you've got some of that going on what else there yeah for sure um yeah that's all i got to really say about that um okay uh trashed over the the holidays kind of we got our another high-end denim band uh lost planet airmen they're flying in from winnipeg we're doing a little run we uh baby girls (laughs) you guys are all my baby girls but they're just the ones that are willing to fly out and (laughs) not have any guarantees at all (laughs) but uh yeah so we're we got it i actually went out and booked a show. I don't know if we talked about this in other episodes. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quick. And we booked a show at a 
bowling alley in town, Heritage Lanes. And then we found out because we got mad caddies and it's like a month after it was a conflict of interest. So we had to bow out of that, but uh, Lost Planet Airmen and the, and the officers are playing Street Skunks, which has uh, Riley from our, my band's playing drums for them. They'll be playing that night, and then we're going to head to Medicine Hat on a Friday. Uh, Alternative Waves guys, Mr. Keith. A coin helped us out at that show. And we'll be playing with Western Death, Lost, Lost Planet Airmen, and then Berserker from uh, Lethbridge is going to be playing with us. So we are initially... Brian, Brian from Berserker was is in sessions, which is on our label, and they've just had another personnel change. Their drummer can't doesn't have the time to do it anymore, and they're that band. I don't know. It's not my place to say, but they don't have a drummer right now, so he's trying to work something out. But he's also in that other band called uh, Berserker, so he's like, because the next night we'll be at uh, the Slice in. I guess I should say it was the main mainliner mainline something in Mesonat, and then we're playing the Slice in Lethbridge. So that's how it. Hit came to be we'd approach brian about playing there and he said no problem but he's like oh sessions can't do it all the other local bands can't do it so berserk hopped on and then we we got him on that one and then sunday night playing with regal foul again and lost by airman at the rose and crown in Bath, same venue that we played the 10 foot pole in early wow. october so that's a little jaunt fortunately be i'll fun. be i'll be at the show on thursday but i won't get to don't play it set with a down. fucking foot on that stage, so help me God. <laughs> I will bust proximity your ass clauses. Down. Should we get Kenny Lush back on to talk about proximity clauses? I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe <laughs> Kenny Lush can come on next Christmas as proximity clause. <laughs> <laughs> the big red sack. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the name point. of what's the name of his finishing move again? Fuck. I don't remember. No, the 100 mile driver. Oh, there we go. He'll be just handing them out to everybody. (laughs) All the promoters. Watch the fuck out. All right. And then the last thing, high end denim records related, is uh, the old boys and Free Sergio dropped a couple more songs sneakily. I mean, yeah, it's a tricky time to drop music. They did it kind of like same night as our show, actually, on the 29th of December. You can now hear the song, I Give Bad Cats Bad Luck. Sorry, I give black cats bad luck. Sorry, the tongue Such pressure. a good song. Fucking Cheers. absolute banger. And then they also kind of sneakily like waterfalled another song called Tell Your Friends to Leave Me Alone. And they also had a, an accompanying music video. So the song that music video is they kind of released a while back, but I figured I would throw it up on the high end denim and push it that way and kind of get them some more, some more play. So that's all out there in the universe. So uh, if you haven't seen the video, it's it's pretty cool shortest song ever is like 28 seconds long or something so i shouldn't say shortest song ever but a very short song but yeah we're gonna we're only a few weeks away from their full album release and then the the wheels are in motion to, to get that on wax so we're just trying to figure out the best way to do it to get it because i don't know if they're going to be able to play shows where in israel anytime soon but i know they do have plans to to head back to europe and do some runs so i'm gonna make sure they got some some wax to move when they do that so stay there tuned where, and where, where should people be going to, to see all they news sh- and then possibly buy shit if they want they should be headed to high end denim records on the interwebs to get all the news about high end denim upcoming shows web store with good music vinyl stuff like that well, i'm not sure how much vinyl's in it today but check it out you see what's in there there's great stuff so and Lots digital music for all the bands so you can uh, keep keep track of everybody and keep track of Free Sergio because yeah they are a great 
new band. Yeah, that's new to, that's new to me. I don't know how long they've yeah. been around. <laughs> They're probably going like if they can understand. I don't know how good their English is. It's like okay, right? They're kind of. No, it's it's good. They, it's really good. Okay, so well. if they're listening to this podcast, it'll be like new band. What? <laughs> no, it's not. They're not new. They have another full length, but yeah, new. We're bringing them to Canada. Yes, we're bringing new them to Canada. Full. A lot of people in this country that have probably not heard them yet. Yeah, and they're going to be pleasantly surprised. So yeah, they got three songs out there. So go check them out. But yeah, let's uh, let's play a couple tunes. Um, what do you want to hear? Oh, tunes. God, why don't I ever come up with this beforehand? Um, Harry, can we can we hear the uh, the song from our guest from his first band? He mentioned that there was. Uh, Jordy said that his one of his first bands. He was going to send us a link for their recording. Yeah, I sent it over to you. Did you not get it? Well, no, I've been <laughs> recording the show. When would I've listened to it? <laughs> well, the band. Uh, are you I, talking I, about I the sh- Glebes? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Glebes. Yes, please, the Glebes. Well, and we have not heard this song, so this is going to be fun to hear. <laughs> it's his first band, so they sound, sound. No, it was his third band. He said third band. Yeah. And, God, uh, we yeah. just had that interview ten minutes ago, and I'm already fucking up all the information. I'm sorry, Jordy. I'm just gonna sh- <laughs> just gonna shut up now, and we'll let the we'll let your your voice play. And the song is called Theme. That's that's the Glebe song on the link he sent me. So that's what we're going with. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But yes, and I always want to hear songs. So as I mentioned before, I uh, got a little little side gig where it kind of works as like a trying to find new bands for the label as well as uh, getting songs to play on this podcast and the playlist and stuff. So uh, this band from the Netherlands, actually, I'll just give you the quick rundown. I stole their bio off of their uh, off their profile. So Bayline is a rock band from the Netherlands. During a time when everything came to a standstill, the five members of Bayline decided to start a band. Music has been described as loud rock or punk rock with a touch of emo. Their catchy, melodic, and raw songs are the perfect outlet to let yourself go. Ever since the start of the band in 2022, they have been turning heads. The first singles got a lot of attention from the press in the Netherlands as well as in foreign countries. In this time period, the band played their first shows with Antelectual, Wonk Unit, Mayleaf, Two and a Half Girl, and Boney Macaroni, everybody's favorite. Headlined the small hall at the Duketown Rebel Fest in W2 Den Bosch and played their first show in Germany. With the release of their debut album, the band teamed up with Suburban Records for a Benelux release and Flight 13 will take care of the distribution in Germany. Expect a great, diverse record with catchy hooks and melodies all combined with banging riffs. Yes, if that didn't convince you. <laughs> riffs, 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 riffs. Riffage, riffage, riffage. This song is called Elephant, and that's a banger. So, yeah, we're going to hop into this interview with Jordy. So, hope you guys dig the tunes and stick around for the interview.
this is CC Voltage from Autogram, and you're listening to Denim Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Denim Radio. I got Ty here. I got Josh right here. And we're pleased to welcome, from all the way 20 minutes east of London, Ontario, we got Jordy from Faster and Louder hey. Records. How's it going, buddy? It's going really good. Like I said, tired, but it's going good. <laughs> we're, we're, we got the time change going against us for these Eastern interviews, but you're, you're yeah. a trooper, man. Thanks for, thanks for staying up past your bedtime to chat with us tonight. Thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man how's how's the weather over there in, in london you guys get any snow yet uh i got a du- we've got a dusting i can still see my grass that's wild man so you had a brown christmas you very much so actually green <laughs> green christmas Damn. yeah like nothing's even turned brown yet oh geez that's yeah. crazy man we we got a few 
pretty healthy dumps maybe two on the season so far so it's like uh, healthy dump healthy dumps i've had many healthy dumps and some unhealthy ones but as far as mother nature goes she's had two healthy dumps here in alberta and one of them all melted and then it snowed again like five inches and that's pretty much all we've got it's crazy yeah but it's it's getting cold here now though it's like it's minus 20 next week and stuff yeah right now i think it's it's two degrees here. We're getting light dustings, and usually by the time there's a foot on the ground. Yeah. Oh, so shit. we'll probably get a couple more dumps. And it, usually if it starts this late, it'll go into May. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm worried about it. Well, I guess we need some moisture. But anyways, we, we always do this. We always talk too much about weather at the start of the show. But no, nobody cares. We want everybody's yeah. this is escapism. People want to hear about punk rock. So What's going on in your punk rock world right now over there? And um, right now we just released a co-release with Mom's Basement Records. We're doing the second follow-ups record. They're from uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, and um, they're actually the reason I have a label. And yeah, like so, like the reason I have a label, I guess we'll go into it. Is <laughs> so I started out uh, roadieing for bands, tour driving. And then that morphed into being in my own bands. Then I met a guy who I met a guy named Sean, who's in a band called Ape. Sean was like, why don't you come co-host the radio show with me? Which led to 15 years on uh, CHRW Radio Western in London, which I just ended that a year ago. And then that also led into show promotion, which then led into owning a radio or like owning a record label. So the first record I put out was uh, during COVID, the follow-ups, before COVID, the follow-ups were supposed to come to town, and they actually, their show got canceled by, I think it was seven days. The world shut down seven days before they were supposed to come to London. And we were doing a Dave Rocket and the Jobbers live to air on my radio show, and to hype the follow-ups coming, the Jobbers covered Hey Yo by the follow-ups. So, you know, we did that and then COVID happens. We've got this live to air that we're just sitting there. And then we did another live to air in the dollar store bin or the dollar bin, which is the shipping container behind Speed City Records in London. So we kind of, but not really illegally did <laughs> a, an acoustic live to air in the, in the shipping container. Because the radios, we were allowed to hang out with each other, but you weren't allowed to be like at the school. So we had to like bring the school to the shipping container. <laughs> so then we had that song. And then that was going to be a special for my Christmas Day episode. And then the follows were like, we're going to record something for your New Year's Day like show. And then we were sitting on those three songs. And I was like, you know what? I'll put out a lathe. It'll, you know, it'll be good because. You know, I'd had a previous label that just did lays and CDs. And then I was like, oh, okay, like I'll do another lay. And then John from Mom's Basement Records. Can you, can you like, explain what that is? I, don't, I never heard that a, terminology. A lathe is a hand cut record that is made in real time. Oh, wow. So if your record is seven minutes, the guy that's pressing it has to listen to all 25 copies, seven minutes at a time. It's basically like doing tape to tape, but you have yeah. a record so uh, i was gonna do the lathe and then john mom said to me just fucking do an actual label he's like if you're gonna put out 50 of them and spend a thousand bucks 
He's like, just spend 1500 and do a label. So I started the label, the followers recorded one more song and like, it really like skyrocketed both bands. And I think, yeah, like behind me, this is the closet of faster and louder records. <laughs> I, I have two copies left and that is it. Oh, wow. So in two years we got rid of 350 copies, which was That's phenomenal. Awesome. Like, East Coast, West Coast, all over the US, Australia, Japan, Europe, UK, like just couldn't believe it. And then I just steamrolled from there. Right on. So you just kind of needed to get that out. So figure you might as well do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, figured we'd just do it ourselves. And then uh, that turned into a series, which is the second one was Johnny Tarion and The Suck. I don't know if you guys know The Suck or Johnny Tarion. I don't um, know. So when I first, when I did the first one, it was like, okay, the other thing I wanted to do was the probably house. And then I wanted to do Johnny Tarion and the sock. And I've been friends with the guys in the sock for 25 years. And I've been friends with the guys in Johnny Tarion for 25 years. And we had actually like met at a club in downtown London when they were playing together. And because of the internet, we'd all reconnected. And it was just like, this makes sense. Like, let's do this. And then with the probably house seven inch, Chris was moving to Ottawa. The house was going to continue being a house venue, but Chris was moving to Ottawa. So it became a, like, let's document the era that Chris booked there. And it is in these parts, it's a pretty famous, it's a pretty famous house club. Like we, you know, we ran it like an actual venue, like, you know, you couldn't get too drunk. You couldn't do drugs. And so it's been around, I think for five or six years now. And, everybody likes to go to it the police have never shown up knock on wood so things are going well so explain that it's just a like a house like a... it's just it's a house in downtown london the landlord actually lives next door and is cool with it you guys just have shows there all the time yeah um bigger names that have played there uh we had dear landlord we had the almighty trigger wow. happy we had three infinite males yeah your landlord, shit, that's a name drop. I haven't thought about those dudes in the yeah in a minute. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the band, but we had a band from Japan that played. We actually flew City Mouse up from Tampa Bay one time. Oh, uh wow. school damage played it. I saw like Brad was on the show. Yeah, he sure was. That's awesome. Yeah. So typically typ these guys played it. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um so Typically, do you guys just like reach out to a band that you want to play there or are bands coming to new you now and you kind of pick and choose? Um, for 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 the the house, um, I actually was never really a booker there. The only thing I ever did was the the follow-ups. I did help, I do help with the door and stuff, but typically me and Chris work together to not not book things at the same time. So typically i would approach bands or bands would approach me usually around puza bands will approach me and chris usually just people know and they would reach out to the house yeah nice mm -hmm. i was doing things at the richmond tavern i'm now doing things at the holy diver the okay. richmond got greedy <laughs> so you do a lot of stuff you got the label you're booking live shows you know everything like that you got kind of got your finger in a few different pies there must yeah, be a busy uh, guy i am currently in talks with uh bringing the manorovs up from savannah georgia um i just got done with a three-day tour of 
the Randy Bassers from Detroit in late September, no, mid September, uh, the Smelters who are from Hinton, Alberta, mm-hmm. but now they live in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and I can't even remember where Scott lives, but it's somewhere near it's you. In BC, yeah, yeah. The they all now. flew in, did four days here. Ross, Rossland, Rossland. Yeah, Rossland. Okay. Yeah. The tours are easier. Like the tours are just like it's just like here's four days. Let's do four days. You know, I run myself ragged for four days, and then it's like get on the plane, go home. You're done, and I can just crash out. <laughs> it's a lot. So, e- in my opinion, it's a lot easier than doing one offs. So you're the full tour manager for stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, there's Brad Manners runs a club in Hamilton or in Toronto. So I li- traditionally, I'll just book there. And then uh, Hamilton, I have the same deal. So I end up being the promoter of those three sh- venues. And then Guelph's just kind of a, hey, throw three bands at us. We'll give you 300 bucks. Oh, was that? Uh, we played there. What's that venue called? Fuck. Jimmy Jazz. Jimmy Jazz. Yeah. yeah we played yeah. there with uh, Frank Dukes and Block Parent. It was a- Actually, and I think uh, Lee Resistant played acoustic. It was pretty rad. Okay, cool. cool. Pretty rad show looking back. I didn't know who any of them were going into it, but I've become friends with a bunch of them since playing with them and stay in touch. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I chat with Scott quite a bit. When Scott added me on Facebook, it was weird because, like, Scott adds me on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, hey, Scott, like, I'm like, you know, are you a musician or are you related to this guy? And Scott's dad was my boss for five years. Okay. You're talking about Scott Rebello from Frank. Yeah, Duke? Scott Rebello. Like his, <laughs> his dad was my boss. His uncle was my boss. His brother-in-law was my coworker, who is now my boss. There's just Portuguese yeah. people everywhere there. Yes. Running your life. <laughs> they were. <laughs> That's cool. Well, no, we're uh, we're big fans of Frank Dukes around here, so. Yeah, that's oh, cool. yeah. that's it's just funny how how small the the punk world is because when you first reached out to us, you started just kind of throwing some names out there, and it's like bands from out here that you knew, and then I knew bands from out there. It's just it's interesting how you and I never cross paths, but we know a lot of the same people. Yeah, <laughs> probably the same with Ty, that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think we've actually talked before, like around when you put out the Elephant record. I think I chatted with you a little bit when uh, we were putting out some music with my band or something. So, yeah, definitely, uh, it's a small world, right? The Elephant like with the internet now. Yeah, the Elephant record has been phenomenal. Like, I cannot express like how good the response has been for that record. To be honest, like it's at times it's shitty to say, but for four fifty year old dudes to come out with a record and people to be like, I'm buying it, I want to play them, like I want to bring them to town, you're like, like, holy shit, like you know, like it's not typical that like young kids are like, I want to bring these 50 year olds to town. <laughs> it's great though. Kids are yeah. all right. <laughs> kids are all right. What's what's another venue in in London? Is that called the Office? Is that there? Is that a different city? It, it's been closed for a couple of years now. Oh, okay, I just remember yeah. when we were looking to to tour out that way. My one buddy kept saying, "Oh, you got to play called the Office." That's too bad. I'm sure it's it's, it's a legendary club. I I think I told my buddy the other day I've had eight I've had eight lifetime bands from there. Like <laughs> there's so many stories. You want it? So many bands I've seen there. Are there any you can share? Any? particular humorous ones that you'd like to 
<laughs> throw like out into the universe. If you have some funny stories about how you got kicked out of there, I'd, I'd eight love time to hear. Champion, eight-time champion, eight-time <laughs> champion. Give it the respect it deserves. The, the best story that I have, and I didn't even get kicked out, was I went and saw the queers with the Ataris, and a guy. I was call the office to set up like four rooms. There's a big pillar in the middle of the the pit area, and there's like four rooms and you can't really see the stage from like the bar area, but you can't, you can the other three rooms, like just basically picture it as four rooms side by side in a square. So the stage is in the North East corner. And I was in the bar area, which is the Southwest corner. And my wife comes out and she's holding her glasses and she's like, a guy punched me in the face. And this was, uh towards the end of the atari set which i'm not an atari's fan sorry danny if you're listening to this because danny's a good friend of mine now but he's the bass player in the atari's but i was (laughs) not an atari's fan so i'm like fuck i gotta go in i gotta kick this fucking guy's ass you know i go in and i grab the guy and i pull him out of the pit and i'm starting pounding on him and the bar or the bouncer comes up and he's like, like, Jordan, what are you doing? And he, like Sean, the bouncer at the time, one knows that I'm sober and knows that I haven't been a problem there in years. And I'm like, this guy broke my wife's glasses. He punched her in the face and I didn't get kicked out. My friend got kicked out. I didn't get kicked out. And then the kid got kicked out and they were just like, oh, enjoy the show. Like, have a good night and walked away. <laughs> nice. And. I'm a huge Queers fan. They're one of my favorite bands. And nobody knew that Wimpy was singing for them that night. So they had the original singer from like 1982 come out. And I was just like, if I had got fucking kicked out, I would have missed this. <laughs> That's amazing. But, yeah. Did you catch them when they came through with Teenage Ball Rock there in the, in the summer? or whenever? I did not. I did not. I actually... I they they did come to London. That was I think in February of this year, and I had skipped it because I was I went on vacation, so I missed. No, it wasn't. I think I was on my way to Reduno. I missed it by a day, so it was July. Okay. Yeah, but it was I, in July. Yeah, but I just saw them two months earlier in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of justified it. I was like, eh. they even came to uh, Sunny Red Deer, Alberta. It was- pretty interesting they went everywhere on that tour that was wild they uh i think the smelters opened for them in rossland and the follow-ups opened for them in moncton oh cool yeah yeah they didn't i played a a music festival up in fort mcmurray and teenage ball rocket went up there they were the headliners yeah so we played like eight hours before them but we i'm telling everybody we opened for them because they were played the same stage it doesn't matter they yeah. weren't even there yet but but the queers didn't go up there. They played in Edmonton. So maybe Fort McMurray wasn't welcoming to a band called the queers. <laughs> Who would have thought place. that Fort Mac wasn't on their list of places <laughs> to travel to with a band with that kind of name, right? Yeah, I they, was, they I, pay well up there. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I was at the second ever Teenage Bottle Rocket show in Canada, which the first one was in Vancouver. The second one was in Toronto. And oh, wow. the, the Vapids open. That's why I was there. I went and saw the Vapids and I got talking to Ray and Brandon and they were working in Fort McMurray. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know they're, that. 
Ray is a geologist. They were working in Fort McMurray. And if you hear the Darren Chuka story of how he joined Teenage Ball Rocket, they saw him play on a, on a night off. And when like Brandon passed away, they were like, that's the guy we need to get. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they knew about the old wives and stuff back in the day, but I didn't know the whole story. That's crazy. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the tours I did. I got the old wives set up with the follow-ups this year in the Maritimes. And then I provided all the openers in London or in Ontario for their tour. Oh, cool. That's yeah. funny. I'm actually, I just looked at my phone and went off and, uh, cause Cody, if you remember him from the old wives, little guy, yeah. he's a, he's a recording engineer as well. And he's working on a couple songs for us right now. So he's just, yeah, we're going back and forth on the latest one. So yeah, it's, it's just the small world thing again, man. That's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you saw them, if it was their first show, did they have, cody on second guitar by then or was it just a trio you remember they were a trio because miguel couldn't get into the country oh so it was ray on bass oh, okay he just switched over to bass that's interesting yeah <laughs> well he can get in now because he was definitely at the the red deer in the fort max show as i saw so i think he's partially canadian now too because his wife's from montreal oh, okay man yeah. you know how many fucking punks up here that fall in love with Canadian girls and like move here or, you know, it's like, I can think of like five off the top of my head. That's wild. Stealing all our <laughs> Canadian women. They took our girls. <laughs> to, to me, the most legendary one, Fergus McLeod. Fergus McLeod was in a night, was in a first wave 1980s oi band in Scotland. Fucking meets a Canadian girl in Scotland, moves to Canada, Moves to Van or to Australia with her. Moves back to Canada. Forms emergency in Vancouver and forms the uh, then forms the transmitters, wow. which is like members of the smugglers. And then like literally, he's at my record store one day. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Here? He's like, oh, I live around the corner now. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, dude, like you put out the greatest fucking oi record ever. He's like, ah, eh, whatever. <laughs> he's in London. Well, now he's in Gibbons. Oh, okay. But he was in London for, I think, about 10 years. It's wild, man. Yeah, People... The Strike are awesome. If anybody's, like, listening that wants to check out Good Oi, like, The Strike, 10 out of 10. Sweet. And what was the other yeah. one you said? Transmitters? Okay. And then I was he was in the Transmitters with, like, former members of the Smugglers, uh, okay. Newtown Animals. Oh, yeah. Fashionism now. I was just think. I was thinking of the, the Vibrators, because I remember they came to Red Deer a couple times. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, they're pretty old, but they were like just fucking giving her. Yeah. But it was like that same OI style stuff. It's pretty cool. And in Red Deer, which is hilarious. But yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, we're talking about cool tunes. Why don't, how about we take a quick little uh, musical break here? He, he kind of mentioned to you over Insta that you could pick a few songs. So I know you got a couple in mind. So what do you want to hear first? Oh, may as well start with Johnny Terry and the Prisoner. And Johnny Terry is just basically the. The oldest band that's been on my label because they're they've been together for 27 years. Oh shit. Yeah. And they just headlined the basement of Mom's Basement Fest down in Ohio last year. And actually, sorry, I, I guess it's last year now. But uh mm -hmm. yeah, they they played the basement. They were the last band in the basement in Mom's Basement Fest in Youngstown, Ohio. 
and other bands on the bill, Beatnik, Termites, Jasons, you know, bands Smelters. like that. Smelters, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they've literally just played London, Detroit once. I think they played Windsor once. They're they're just a London band. It's awesome. So they're still yeah. going strong for being having been around for 27 years. That's pretty impressive. 27 years, same four guys. Oh wow! Oh shit! That's yeah. even more impressive. <laughs> never, never lineup change. Yeah. Nothing. Awesome. Yeah. All right, let's check the song out. Here we go. That's how you do it. <laughs> well, I, I trust that was the greatest song I've ever heard. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Can't go wrong there. But <laughs> yeah, Jordy, uh, let's let's just back the truck up way back. Let's talk about li- little Jordy and uh, where you came from and how you decided, like what drew you to the punk rock scene as a young little whippersnapper. So I guess there's like many incidences that led to it. Uh, the first incident being around these parts, everybody, when I was in junior high, everybody owned the Forgotten Rebels, this ain't Hollywood. It did yeah. not matter if you were, it was basically Green Day Dookie. It didn't matter if you were jock, punk, whatever, everybody owned that that cassette. Every, you know, so I was always hearing it in school and then couple, and then I think it was like a year later, My I have an uncle that's two years, three years older than me, played me like a, a, a cassette that he had made that had like sex pistols uh, and Deglo abortions on it. And then in high school, not really into punk, uh, honestly, too busy smoking dope, listening to Black Sabbath. And then <laughs> uh, my neighbor was SNFU obsessed, like fucking obsessed, like greatest fucking band ever, like had all the albums cd tape record like loved them and would always go see them and it's like you got to go see him you got to go see him and i finally started kind of getting into him and we ran into chai pig in downtown kitchener on the guest list instant convert i'm like and i just started buying everything like every record every record every cd of any band that i could get my hands on 
It'd be like, oh, SNFU, oh, this other, like, aggression, it's on BYO. Youth Brigade, it's on BYO. Oh, SNFU covered Devo, I have to grab Devo. Oh, SNFU covered Circle Jerks, got to grab Circle Jerks. Oh, that guy was also in Black Flag, got to grab Black Flag, right? Everybody's talking about DOA subhumans, got to grab that too, right? And it just steamrolled. It's awesome. Do you still have a lot of them if they're obviously physical copies? Oh, my. Folks at home can't see that, but he's got quite the fucking collection of, of yeah. blacks and then in the back of Those bins are all the CDs. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've actually just started skimming some things out of the record collection that are, you know, uh, my buddy, my buddy Chris from the Hillbilly Bugger Boys, his brother-in-law told me, he's like, Jordan, he's like, get rid of your classic rock. He's like, think about it, man. He goes, that's what YouTube and Spotify for. He goes, you want to listen to Brian Adams that once in a decade? You want to listen to fucking April Wine that once in a decade? He's like, stop moving those records. Just get rid of them. So I started selling off the classic rock, a couple of doubles. And it's basically now been trimmed down to only the punk records. And the and the 80s thrash are still there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have that's a, a lot r- of records. You have a rough estimate how many you got? I... Including the seven inches, I'd probably say three thousand. Holy moly! Yeah. That's after a big purge. Yeah, that's not yeah. counting the boxes you have of your your bands that you're selling. <laughs> no, no, those are in the top there. <laughs> I got I got a really old record from a band called the Young Canadians. I think awesome. maybe or the K Tells as well. You got any of them in your collection? I do. I have that. Art Bergman. Art Bergman. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I got to dig that one out and listen to it again. It's kind of, I don't know where it came from, but oh, actually I do know where it came from. So sorry to Kevin that gave me that record. <laughs> it's here for Kevin. Uh, <laughs> it's here the for hit Kevin. song, Let's Go to Hawaii. Yes, that one's great. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Well, you mentioned, it's cool to hear you mention SNFU because I mean, I'm from the prairies, so they're fucking like beloved. Yeah. Were, I guess, unfortunately. But, uh, and and you earlier, you mentioned uh, Al from, I don't know if you mentioned Al specifically, but Almighty Trigger Happy. Did you happen to see that, uh, what is it, Mikey and his ukulele or whatever, you know, that series on YouTube? No, I, I've seen it. I just haven't clicked click play. I just saw Al, uh, yeah, he shared something the other day and it was uh, him singing an SNFU song with like Russ Rankin from Good Riddance. I, don't, I don't, can't remember who else was was playing it offhand, but. It's kind of neat though, just to see, yeah, like legendary. I guess they're pretty legendary everywhere, but more so yeah. in in this neck of the woods. But yeah, it was kind of cool seeing an Ontario band, and well, I guess California. Everybody fucking knew SFU. I think Russ was living in Toronto for a few years. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, I've heard like I heard his day job is he's a hockey scout, so he was. Oh yeah, he's Tri City Americans or something. Uh... Yeah, so I heard he was up here like as a scout for years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see him. Uh, I interviewed him when I had another show years ago. And yeah, he's a little bit standoffish. He's not the most friendly guy. Then I started talking about hockey all of a sudden. It's just like, hey, just yeah. complete yeah. chatterbox. Just love the interview. It's like, well, that's all you got to do. Weight of his heart is through, the, through a hockey puck for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's a Devils fan. <laughs> that's awesome. So what was the first... Uh, punk show you remember seeing that was like the one that changed everything for you 
Well, like literally SNFU first show I ever went that was, to. That was the first wow. you went to? Oh, okay. First one I ever went to. Guest list, me, my neighbor, and my my then best friend. It was awesome. So what what year would that have been? Like what era of SNFU? Because I, I, I only got to see them in like, like none of the Belkies were involved anymore. It was just kind of chatting. That was 98, one Belkie. Uh, Rob Johnson was still in the band. So Chai Pig, Johnson, Belkey, and just basically hired guns for drummers. The first drummer, it was like, eh, I think his name was, yeah, his name was Sean Stubbs. I don't think he played on any albums, but he was on the tour. And then um, I think then they came out with In the Meantime and In Between Time. I'm not sure who played drums on the tour, but the guy from uh, Tribal Charger played drums on the album. And then I think after that, there was first Johnson left and then Belkey left. And then it became like, oh, you didn't see you didn't see them for a while. And then they came back. And I remember like there was Ken Gooney Fleming yeah. from Winnipeg's The Unwanted. And then Chad Morales, who lives in Vancouver, but he's from London. He was a member of the Black Donnellys. And then there was like three other guys. And then a couple of years went by and I saw him in Quebec city. And it was, I think two of the guys from real McKenzie's a guy from reset and Dave Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I remember Dave Bacon being back in there. Yeah. At the, the last couple of times I saw them. Yeah. yeah I still brought it, man. Even when he was in bad health, he was like, as soon as he got up on that stage, it was like, obviously not as, dynamic as him when he was in his 20s but he definitely still had the voice i found i found the era with like the last belky he was in my opinion he was 100 percent. he was still good but then like the goonie era whenever we saw him it was like fuck he's at like 20 percent. but and it was like it was always like ah this isn't good but it's still chai pigs so we're coming <laughs> but when yeah. i saw them like in quebec city which ended up i like i ended up seeing them in london and toronto on the same tour and it was like you know he started out 100 percent, but by the third song it was like eh, you know he's down <laughs> 50 by the fourth song it's like you know he's barely he's barely getting through but it was like well at least i'm getting three songs out of hunter <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> you know he's in bad health but at least i'm getting three songs amazing i'm not gonna pretend like i was sober for many of these shows either <laughs> so i was just like i ah. was I was actually underage broke the first time I saw them. So I was sober. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to, because I was actually from Saskatchewan where I grew up. And it was like middle of the woods. So I didn't, I never came to my, they actually did come to a couple small towns, not too far. If you read their, ever read their book, they, they like talk about that, how they like, kind of like giving the promoter shit. Like, where the hell did you bring us? Like, cause it's like out in the middle of nowhere. And then all yeah. of a sudden fucking like 500 fucking kids from, you know, rural Saskatchewan just showed up and yeah, they had a hell of a show, but yeah. So I didn't yeah. get to see the, the Belky era or anything like that, which is the legendary era, but I did get, I saw them when they, they came back. They were even called as SNFU for a bit. Like they weren't even calling themselves SNFU. <laughs> and then they just said fucking like SNFU. But, but they would always bring people out. Didn't matter. Like if it was yeah. the bloated corpse of Chai, you know, it was people still came out. People, people would come out. <laughs> so yeah, obviously it's too bad what happened, but they're still an influential band to this day. So for sure, always nice talking about them. 
definitely. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool story about getting into punk rock, like that you got to kind of experience that being there at the time. You know? Yeah. Was that so? Sorry, did you grow up in Ontario then, or? Yeah, I lived I lived in Ingersoll basically my whole life. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's sweet that SNFU were coming out and playing though. It's awesome. Yeah. We actually uh, there's a there's a Tilsonburg promoter so. 15 miles south of my house is a town called Tilsburg, which everybody knows, you know, fucking the Stomp and Tom song from Back to the Lakes when I hear my word. The old wives actually played it when they were here, but the promoter guy there actually just brought Dagle abortions to Ingersoll. Like, and recently? like people people couldn't believe it. Like literally three o'clock in the afternoon, like I'm I'm helping like the Daglo guys like load their gear into the venue, and people are like showing up at the venue and being like is Daglo really playing Ingersoll? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, can we buy tickets? And we're like, you could buy tickets for the last three months. Well, I didn't really think they were going to play Ingersoll. <laughs> and like the promoter's like sweating about it. Like, fuck, I'm losing my shirt on this. And like literally like 30 people show up like that afternoon being like, can I buy tickets for tonight? Like, I really didn't believe this, but now I do. <laughs> did they like a one-off show or they were... They're touring out they, they did a whole tour of Ontario, which, you know, I think they did Ingersoll, London. No, I don't think they did London. So they did Ingersoll. They did like Waterloo, Hamilton, Toronto. And yeah, they just, they played a Sunday night in Ingersoll just to fill a day. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, uh, they played, I think they were in Calgary or something for, for New Year's. Yeah. So I don't know. Because uh, the, the cretin there, he was in pretty rough health for a bit, but I think he's yeah cancer is shitty yeah but it sounds like he beat it i don't know he was playing a couple days ago so he must be feeling better I yeah so. i think he i think he beat it those dudes have well i don't even know who's in the band now but they've i've Nor seen many, many i've seen many versions of that band coming through and like they had that blind drummer for a while that was interesting yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think they still got him do they okay i, I think so he, I think he was after Jesus Bonehead, which is when you and I, uh, we, we like talk about Nardwar a lot on the show. <laughs> and uh, I saw an interview once with Fat Mike and he mentioned uh, Daglo abortions to Fat Mike. And Fat Mike said, Jesus Bonehead is the most irritating human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> That's a badge I, of honor. <laughs> I, I have actually seen the evaporators twice and my, my claim to fame with my buddy that now lives in uh like outside Nelson is I actually out Nardwar Nardwar at the last show. He's like, I'm giving away this record by Jackie Shane, a Toronto. And I was like, she's not from Toronto. And he's like from Toronto. I go, she's not from Toronto. And then like, he had to look it up and he goes, all right, Toronto transplant. And I'm like, she's not even a transplant. Like <laughs> she was a Nashville. She was, a 1960s trans artist from Nashville that just found success in Toronto. So she just played Toronto so much that people thought she was from Toronto. Oh, yeah. Edward didn't do his, his he was research. Like, I'm like, she's not Toronto. And my buddy is like, just my buddy's just ham screaming. He's like, that's my buddy, Jordan. He fucking <laughs> knows everything. <laughs> do, 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 do. Just yelling do, doodle in his face. <laughs> we were supposed to chat with one of the guys from the evaporators we're still we're holding out hope for 2024 but it's uh let's hope that that connection doesn't evaporate 
Oh. Those songs are pretty well, cool, though. I, I enjoyed what I heard. Never really knew Nardwar had a band, but <laughs> if you if you want, when he's in Ontario, Chris Murphy from Sloan, the bass player, plays drums for him. And if you oh. send Chris in, you send Chris an email. He's really good at responding, and he'll do he'll do a, he'll do your radio show. Oh, so yeah. You, we've you been, like, I just want to talk, talk to you about the evaporators. We do. Yeah, we do. Let's do it. And he usually, like, when you go see the evaporators in Ontario, Chris comes out and is the opener doing Nardware impersonations for an hour. <laughs> and then they play the, then they do the set with Nick Thomas and, like, and Chris and other people. And, like, Chris is drumming, you know, as the dude from Sloan. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> is that what your toque says? It is, it is. My brother-in-law got it at the Sloan garage sale two years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. Looking good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the dude we were supposed to talk to was in that band Slow, and apparently Sloan chose their name by saying slow and adding an end to it. See, I'm learning all kinds of things doing this show. Cool. <laughs> I never listened to much of Sloan. What's that what's their their big song? Um, song the big song is like on like you know the first hit was underwhelmed and the album twice removed okay i'm yeah. sure i've heard it but i'm dumb remember Very when you dumb, talked about smoking like, too much weed back in the day i, I also did that so my memory's not yeah. always the best <laughs> they they are hands down like they're with the sloan and snfu probably my two favorite canadian bands oh cool man yeah sweet ty you got any uh questions for the for the man I mean, uh, what uh, what are you looking forward to in 2024 as far as uh, records or events or anything like that? I am, at this point, I'm looking for the follow-ups album to be at the pressing plant so I don't have to worry about it. Sweet. Yeah, I am looking forward to, I go to Goner Fest in Memphis every year, so I'm looking forward to that. And my wife and I are trying to decide between going to see the helicopters in Spain or going back to Punk Rock Reduno in Italy. So I'm kind of just waiting for waiting to be able to book my vacation to pick what I'm going to do. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've heard a yeah. Goner Fest from another place. I actually wanted to ask you about that because I saw that uh, I saw that you're into Goner Fest. Um, have you ever heard of a radio show called The Best Show with Tom Sharpling? No. Okay, it's the only other place I heard about Goner Fest, and uh, I thought maybe there might be a connection there. But okay, no, that's it for you, boys. <laughs> I, I actually, I was, I went and grabbed a sandwich across the street from the venue, and I met a guy named Cretton Rob this year, who hosts a show on Winnipeg Radio. Cretton Rob, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm following him on Instagram, but not much right. is going on. Well, I'll go, I'll go check that guy's show out, and then we'll have something in common. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, I went down to see Mud Honey and the band had first time I ever went. And it was like, it's such a great city that I go every year. And I'm like, I don't even care who's playing. I'm just going. They can, like, Tennessee. they can literally be like, we're going to have the shitty fucking bands playing. I'd be like, oh, I'm still going. My uh, brother and a bunch of buddies are big Raptors fans. So they fly all over to, to catch a Raptors game and they went to Memphis. And apparently it's pretty dangerous in the downtown court. Like it, it is 
the downtown core is not dangerous, but the outer circle is. Yeah, maybe it was by their hotel. I don't. I shouldn't. Yeah, say and the outer circle is like where the hotels are, and like it has gotten progressively worse. You know, it's like everywhere around here. You know, rents are up. Pe- more people are homeless. Right, people can't afford two thousand dollars a month for a, for a two bedroom apartment. Right, Memphis is the same. People can't afford to live there. It mm-hmm. used to be a very cheap city. It's not anymore. Like I can remember going down there and like literally flying there, flying home, spending all the money you could think, like literally spending all the money and being like, I spent five hundred dollars this weekend. <laughs> and you'd be like, I can't even do that at home. Like, you know, you'd be like, I can't even go to Toronto and do that for three days. That's like, groceries. That that's for- groceries. 500 bucks. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how did I do that in Memphis for five days? Yeah. And literally you're like, I bought every record that appealed to me. I, you know, I ate out the entire time, paid for my hotel, paid for my flight. You'd be like, how the fuck did we do this? And like, when I say $500, like I'm talking $500 Canadian. Yeah. That's a big, a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's been times I've flown down there for eighty dollars round trip. Wow, yeah, That's crazy. Goner fest. Well, uh... Memphis is definitely top, like great city to go to. You want you want music history, you want food. Memphis, ten out of ten. Good. Yeah. No, nobody's paying them to say that, folks. That's just nope. from the heart. From the heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Do you, so you just do Memphis or do you head over to Nashville too? Or have you been to Nashville? I, I've been to Nashville once. I don't really like it. No, it's too, uh, it's, they call it, it music city. So it's the Niagara falls. of uh, that so kind of thing. Too commercialized. Gotta yeah. It's commercialized, expensive. Like, you know, basically how can we get money out of your pocket? Hmm. Yeah. So like most places these days. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like home. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Everyone's... it's like, oh, Starbucks has got a three buck, three dollar cup of coffee. Oh, well, that same cup of coffee, six bucks in Memphis. Yeah. In Nashville. Or sorry, yeah, in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, in Memphis is too. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So you said uh the follow-ups, anything else coming your coming down the pipe or um, right now, um, so like I just put out the Guitar Army, so I've been pushing the Guitar Army album, which is a CD. Uh, most people don't really know Guitar Army, so what we're kind of trying to do with Guitar Army is like brand building. Um, the real claim to fame is Dale, who is the, the lead singer, guitar player of Guitar Army. When he was 14 years old, uh, or correction, three guys when they were 14 years old, went over from Windsor to Detroit to see the Sonic Rendezvous band. You guys know the Sonic Rendezvous band? Not yet. Okay, it's guys formerly of the Stooges, the Rationales, the MC5. Like, we're talking guys that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, they went over to see these legends, and their classmate, Dale, is on stage playing lead guitar with Fred Sonic Smith doing Sweet Little 16. They come home, they start a band with them, they put out the album, that album now goes on Discogs for about 800 bucks. You know, Dale, nice. it's, it's a seven inch uh, Smash the State series, bootlegged it. A guy in Germany put it out legitly. And a guy in Toronto, Simon from Ugly Pop, he put it out legitimately. So we we figured out it probably sold about 7,000 units, right? Including the originals and all the reissues. So, but Dale's been, you know, he had a job, you know, did the whole adult thing. Now he's retired. And I got him on 
I got him on Ramon's Court Volume 3, which was put out by Insipid Records in Vancouver. It's a series of 12 inches that features, I think it's 16 bands per copy. And then we put out the CD, and it's just kind of brand building because, you know, they've just been gigging around Windsor. Which, the funny thing is, people kind of look down at Dale because they're playing the cover bar scene, right? So, like, when I first saw them, they were getting paid $1,000 to open for Alice Cooper. And they're doing MC5, Stooges, Ramones covers as an opening band. And they do this every weekend, five to six hours a night, getting paid really decent money. And then, you know, 10, 15 nights a year, they go play the punk clubs, do the all original set for the same 25, 30 bucks that our bands are getting paid. <laughs> right? Well. <laughs> But they're retired, so they have all the time in the world to be like, we're going to learn all this other stuff to, like, supplement our income, but we still want to do, you know, the original punk stuff. So I've been really pushing the Guitar Army stuff right now. Like I said, I, I got them on that comp. I did. We've done the CD. So hopefully we can continue that relationship, get them to a point where, you know, we feel comfortable that if we press 300 records, they're going to sell. Um, and then we got the follow-ups coming up and then oddly enough, I reconnected with a guy named Doug. So I saw this band from Tilsburg that just started playing again, called the McBain's. I was like, fuck, I used to see this band called the McBain's. Well, in 1998, I worked with the original guitar player in 1999. I, I left that job in 99 and went to another place and I was working with their drummer. Well, it turns out the drummers put the band back together. So I'm waiting to see, I want, I want to make sure that this follow-up record goes through and I want to make sure that, that the McBains are doing a bunch of stuff. They're not just like, Oh, we're just going to play London and, and London and Tilsonburg and Oh, okay. Like we're good. Like it turns out we didn't want to do this at, you know, pushing 50 mm. years old. So hopefully I'd like to do some brand building with them and put out some lathe cuts. And then the only other thing I got, like I said, I'm trying to get the Manorovs up. I'm trying to bring the smelters back to town. And um, with Pooza Fest coming up in May, you never know who's going to who's gonna email you or call you and say, you know, we need a Tuesday night show. We need a Wednesday night show. And typically, Joe, who books probably house, myself, and uh, the guys at the Richmond, we all tend to just kind of leave those two weeks open and just wait and see who messages. Because in the past, um, I've done City Mouse twice. I did Murder Burgers. I've done the D-Cracks, Lone Wolf twice. And you just, you literally get a message sometimes two, three weeks before being like, hey, can you do this? So you just wait, first come, first serve? Yeah. Just wait to see who, who calls up and says, hey, I need, to, I need you to do a show. I was supposed to do the Jagger Holly show last year too. And they didn't end up coming and it sucked because like, I, I fucking love Jagger Holly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you, you named off a bunch of bands, so maybe we should take an, one, our last uh, our last musical break. So who did you want to hear now? I think we got two more, don't we? Got two more. Okay, well, we may as well go with uh, Elephant Infect Us. All right, you heard the man. Here we go.
And we're back for the final back nine of the interview. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying all of Jordy's anecdotes and uh, stories from the scene in London. Um, can we I just guess- get your, can we get your phone number in case anybody's not enjoying it? They can, <laughs> you know, like give you a text message or something. <laughs> just kidding. Well, my email I am enjoying anybody it. wants is faster and records 519 at gmail.com. And we are on Bandcamp. Uh, it's, I believe, let me just pull it up here because I never remember it. It's faster and louder dot bandcamp.com. Yeah, and for sure. I think 90% of what the label has released is on Spotify. We did a, actually, I did a comp that came out in September with a US label. And I think, I think about there was the thirty song comp. It's called "Invading the Border." I think about ten songs were not on Spotify. Good reason to good reason to get the vinyls when they come out. Yeah, and I think everything. Yeah, I think everything else is on the label is on Spotify for people that are into you know streaming music. <laughs> I I do it out of convenience, but I'd I'd always love to have it in my hands if I can help it. Trying yeah, to build I mean, up my my records again. I have it. It's convenient at work. Yeah, it's it's the best way is definitely to to support labels like yours and the one that I I co own. So yeah, the, it's the best way to do it. But yeah, um, what we like to do now this this uh, section of the show is a bit of a rapid fire interview. You think you're up for something like that? Sure. So the name of the game is the pressure cooker. And uh, Ty actually did a theme song that we're going to play right now. (laughs) So basically, yeah, the name of the game. I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. You just tell me the first thing that comes to your brain. And yeah, that's the way she goes. So are you ready? I guess so. All right. I'm Here we not go. prepared for this at all. I know. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> all right. First question. Canada's Wonderland or Marineland? Definitely Canada's Wonderland. Uh, name one of the Great Lakes. Uh, I actually live between four of them. So Lake Ontario. There you go. What is the longest plane ride you've ever been on? Uh, that's, that's some question because I had a... 30 minute layover to Hawaii. So that would have been 10 hours, but my flight to Italy was eight nonstop. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, motor- coach that didn't fold down. Oof. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> motorhead or the headstones. Definitely motorhead. Although I have seen the headstones. I've seen motorhead live four times. First time I ever got in a bar fight and kicked out of a bar was at a motorhead show, but I have <laughs> seen the headstones and they were fantastic. We're, we're going to circle back to that later. <laughs> How old was the oldest living human on earth? No idea, but my grandmother was 105. Yeah, it was older than that, but we'll come back to it. Okay, finish this line. We're only going to die. Fuck Armageddon, this is hell. No. <laughs> hockey no. or baseball? Definitely hockey, although half a mile from my house was the first baseball game ever played. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that as well. Uh, what was your last broken bone? I've actually, I broke every rib in my body on two separate occasions on the same day, 17 and a half years ago. Oof, sounds painful. Uh, who's the best band to come out of Ontario? 
think you already answered this. I don't think I did. Oh. No, never mind. That was the most famous band from your town. <sighs> the best band that came out of Ontario. That's a tough one. It is. Like, the biggest band's obviously Sum 41. Uh, Greyline would be probably my favorite. Yeah, I'm going to go Greyline. Sounds good. And last but not least, Ramones or Misfits? Definitely Ramones. And that concludes another rendition of The Pressure Cooker. Awesome, man. All right, let's uh, let's, let's circle back. So <laughs> the oldest human that ever lived. So the long, longest documented and verified human lifespan is that of Jeanne Calmont of France, 1875 to 1997, which is fucking insane. Woman who lived to the age of 122 years and 164 days. She claimed to have met Vincent van Gogh when she was 12. No, thanks. I would hate to live that long. <laughs> yeah, that seems... seems not for, I feel like the last, like, 40 years would be not that fun. <laughs> yeah, not for, not for nothing, but that's not that's not very long. I could do better, just saying. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I hope we we're don't. Only, we're, we're only going to die for our own arrogance, was the line. Okay. Maybe, my, maybe my flat singing there. I wasn't ready to impersonate Graffin at that point. I apologize. <laughs> um, cool. Um, let's circle back. So... You gone to a fist fight at a Motorhead concert? I did. <laughs> I love so it. it was that it was at the Lyric in Kitchener. I was underage and I was drinking. And I, my then girlfriend, I was on best behavior, and she had showed up. And it was uh, the Dropkick Murphys were opening, so she was there for the Dropkick Murphys. I'm there for Motorhead. She leaves. I'm watching Motorhead. I walk into the to the bathroom, and there was like four inches of piss on the floor and like i come out of the bathroom and i and i say to the guy like the the bathroom like the security guy out of the bathroom i'm like man like can you guys do something about it and he said something to me i can't remember what i don't think i really understood him i go i may as well have just pissed on the floor <laughs> and like he like reaches up and he's like you have to leave and i'm like oh okay so i, I go to go to like to the non-drinking area because i'm thinking okay like you're not gonna let me drink i'll go and he's like no and he like says something to me and i'm like he's like you know you're leaving i'm like oh you're gonna make me leave and i ended up getting into a fight with the bouncer that like he called over which included in my opinion a great fight where like i laid the guy out like uh you ever seen the movie snatch yeah yes complete lucky shot but it was like that (laughs) <laughs> and then I got dragged out of the fucking bar by other bouncers and literally like thrown out the fucking door. <laughs> so you've been sometimes you've been the bouncer, like in a previous story tonight, and sometimes you've been the bouncy. It yes. sounds like it was a night you were the bouncy. So. I, I should point out, I haven't drank in 17 years, and there's a reason for it. <laughs> we should learn. You learned your lessons. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I remember. I think it was the there was a venue called the distillery in calgary and it was the same type of thing like something happened and i remember there was like yeah like a fucking puddle of like ankle deep piss yeah and i remember like by the end of it i'm like i'm not walking in there i just like stood in the hallway just pissed on the floor like this is disgusting yeah and i was like you know what i'm gonna go outside and and piss but <laughs> hopefully mark from uh calgary beer Corps is not listening because he was the owner of that place <laughs> I wasn't the one that started the piss, but yeah, that's just punk venue. Yeah. We didn't start the pissing. <laughs> yeah, the Corktown in Hamilton used to be the same. They had those like 
those like four foot urinals that were like you know from your like nipples down to the floor oh yeah and literally like halfway through the night they would back up into the entire bar just oh man and some yeah. drunk guy fucking wipes out and falls down and then rolling around in it just, yeah God. i'm i'm all about the trough like let's let's treat drunk people at shitty dive bars like the animals that they are let's just let everybody piss and even shit in a trough you know hey it works at arenas why can't it work at venues <laughs> it's a it's a high water retention kind of device yeah i feel like it's safer there's a few troughs at a few venues around here and I'm not a fan. I wish people could. Just, oh, nobody wants. Nobody wants to piss <laughs> in a trough next to somebody who feel like an absolute hog. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's it's not the best, but you know what? It's like eyes to the ceiling. <laughs> Although th- those are the places too. The guys are always trying to talk, chat your ear off. You're like, dude, yeah, this is the shittiest event I've happened in my life. Like just. Oh, dude, I hate chatty urinal guy, the stranger that will come up, you know? Oh, boy. You're that guy, aren't you? I'm not that guy. <laughs> one, t- one time I was at a urinal, and I'm doing my thing, you know, that you do at the urinal. And uh, this guy, start, chatty urinal guy, comes up to me, and he's pissing, and he's got no hands, and he's got a little short glass cocktail with ice in it. And he's staring directly into my eyes and spinning the ice in the drink and like sucking on the straw and talking to me the whole time he's pissing. He's going hands free. And I was so upset by it. <laughs> Did you look down? I blacked out at that point. I can't remember <laughs> if I looked down or not. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> all right and enough about piss and all that not not that there's anything wrong with it but i think we could talk about better things you're, you're talking about the the oldest baseball game or the first baseball game is played down the road from your house yeah beachville ontario so canadians invented baseball too Fuck, what apparently america don't first, tell americans that they didn't they first recorded baseball that. game beachville ontario um and i i do know that like the d cracks from austria got a picture in front of the sign because i took it and I have been told, uh, do you guys know the isotopes? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been told that they took a picture out front of it too. That would make sense. Touching yeah. by their whole shtick. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. The, the D cracks, I read something. They're like, are they always kicked out of America now or something? Or are they just they are. Really they are. I saw they posted Sorry, on, only two of them are. I saw something they posted on Instagram was like, we tried to sneak in. Yeah, they America. got busted. They got busted because they were they were crossing back and forth. Like they were like in Vermont, then Montreal, then like went over to like Syracuse, then into like Kingston, then down to like Utica, and then back up to Toronto. Then oh, over way to too Buffalo. cocky with it. Way too cocky. Yeah. But I and actually the isotopes got banned on the same tour, same day. Oh, I didn't know they were banned from Yeah, that. the isotopes are banned as well. Fuck. But the isotopes lineup at that time was just Evan, the Canadian, and a bunch of Americans. So that probably maybe, you know, and the D-Cracks at the time were touring with the guy from the Jetty Boys as their bass player. So maybe they thought because of the, like, American content that it would be easier to go undetected. You don't want to fuck around with that stuff, man. Because, like, you can get banned, like, as a like a guy too right like, yeah so if you want to take your kid to, to disneyland 
no, I can't because I tried to sneak my band in yeah. five years well, ago. KJ <laughs> was on... lied about his band. Yeah, uh, like KJ from uh, KJ from Chicks Dig. It was on a Dining Room podcast, and people were like, "Like, why don't you come to the states?" And he was like, "For the price to take our band legally down there just to do the paperwork, he's like, I can underwrite a full European tour." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Like, I can buy all the plane tickets. We can go over." And he goes, "I can do two weeks in Europe." For the price of the paperwork just to go to the US. It's almost like the government's trying to suppress the fucking anti establishment ideals within our music as punk bands. Yeah. They're like, fuck <laughs> no, don't come over here singing about let's eat the rich well, and shit like that. I think that's why you see Canadian bands like, I don't know if you know Seth Anderson's like acoustic kind of punky guy did a record with Joey Cape there. Like, you'll see him, he'll get all his shit and then he'll, he'll like do like, month or two month tour while he's down there it's the only way it's worth it if you're paying all that money yeah. for your your permits i see belvedere did like they're doing that kind of the same thing it's like it's no point in going down there unless you're doing like a month tour to try to like recoup the whatever it is for yeah. 500 bucks a guy or whatever it is to maybe it's more i don't know i my, my buddies in Avum just did it and with their permits and everything like they had to join the musicians union like it was not cheap yeah it's some what I'm told. Well, there's we interviewed a band. Uh, what were they called? Auto Autogram. They're from Vancouver. Okay. They're saying they're doing everything legal, and yeah, was, they're just paying it. But yeah, because they're in Vancouver and they hop down to Seattle all the time to play shows. So I was, I was curious, like, how are you pulling that off? Like, you just like rolling the dice, and they're like, "Well, we don't want to fuck up our lives, so we're doing it legally." But they didn't. They didn't say how much it costs. But yeah, it's. I pricey. don't imagine it's cheap. Yeah, that's why like my, my bands have never. We thought about because we we went down to Costa Rica and we had a lay like a twelve hour layover in Denver. We're like, oh, we should play a show in Denver. I know a couple of bands yeah. from there, and we even like started the conversation. Like, yeah, we, let's do it. And I was like, like you can't fucking promote it on your Instagram or anything. Like, maybe they no. they're not going to care, but just to risk that wasn't wasn't something we wanted to do. Yeah. Would you risk it all, Ty? When I, risk it all, I don't know man i've got a friend that's a local local musician that's in a band uh he's in a band called voltage right now they just left a tour in mexico but he got caught as a young guy just fucking around with a punk band in the states and he got banned for for a long time and he had to spend a lot of money getting it reversed with all the lawyers and the fucking yeah. money papers and all that you gotta do so i i feel like i might risk it if it was sexy enough like i've I did it once before. I toured the States with an Australian band and we, uh, hashtag police, and we, uh, we didn't bring any musical gear over and we printed all of our merch in the States in a van, but they stopped us at the border. They tore the van apart. We had to say we were just tourists and they finally let us go. Uh, but it was, it was scary. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough right i've been thinking about it because it's so close to hop over to seattle or something from where i am in bc um so yeah i don't know man i don't know what about you jordy yeah you, i've do, done it you've mentioned you know, you've mentioned your bands in the past you got anything going on now i i do not i'm i'm retired i don't have time oh, okay i don't have time nor the ambition to be in a room and practice with people anymore. <laughs> what was your I, uh, weapon of choice? I, I I played guitar in three bands that actually did things, and it, 
like honestly the the first band was a complete nightmare because like the bass player was an alcoholic and the the the, the drummer and the singer were a lot younger and the second band nothing bad to say about it we just got to a point where we had to grow up and the third band i was in which uh was the only band that was ever on actual real vinyl was a band called the glebes the singer and the bass player just could not get along like yeah. every like you would literally be in, in your, like a two-hour jam a two-hour practice would say you know you get two minutes between songs where you're they would fight for that two minutes wow yeah and we would go play shows and they would fight the whole car ride there they would fight the whole car ride home yeah it just it's like i never want to do this again that's that's rough man holy crap yeah like like just literally fighting about everything like about everything like just didn't get along just did not get along it would be you know so how would they stay in a band like Oh, or was it eventually how like, long yeah him, how long did him, this go was on it like for? it's him or them surprisingly like i quit the band and they stayed together for three more months oh shit we were a band for i think a year and they continued on three months after because the original drummer got booted out around nine months i quit at 12 and they they stayed together for another three those two like literally fight <laughs> they were the OG members. i don't like the art you did i don't like the mix on this i don't i don't like the fucking way your guitar was tuned today i don't like the fucking the clothes you wore to the show like they fucking fought about everything isn't that great for creativity too when you're doing like an artistic kind of creative thing to just be constantly bickering about nothing oh yeah literally fought about everything that's amazing i, don't, I just can't fathom how like grown men would like if if you hate someone that bad, why would you voluntarily be in a van and in a room with them all the time? That's fucked. There there were times I would show up at practice and like say I was ten minutes behind them and the singer'd be like walking home. I'd be like, What's going he'd be like, I can't fucking take him today and would just walk just leave. Like, fuck great. I drove into London for this. <laughs> but we can hear the music. I wonder if you can hear the tension on on the recordings. Oh. <laughs> Any anything laying around? Any recordings available from that band anymore? Anyone? I actually I can send you a Bandcamp link for the one song. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I have to hear it. Yeah, but yeah, like no, I'm not kidding you. Literally fought about everything. That's hilarious. And even now, actually, I ran into I ran into the singer the other day at the Lagwagon show. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck's with Jesse, man. He just fucking hates me now. And like, I messaged Jesse. I'm like, hey, man, I like, I saw Ed. He's like, that fucking piece of shit. I'm like, it's been 10 years. (laughs) They're still hanging on. They'll just pick up, pick up where they left off. They're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Just a timeless argument. Yeah. (laughs) Twist of fate. They should bury them next to each other so they can, they can argue for eternity. (laughs) Yeah. I like I literally think they live around the corner from each other and they like if they see each other at the grocery store they won't even say hi. <laughs> they don't fight anymore, they're just cold shouldering each other. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, you're a little bit later than us, so I'm gonna let you go to bed. So uh yeah, man, we really appreciate you hopping on and and chatting. Uh, well the folks at home make sure you're checking out faster and louder. Lots of cool shit happening, lots of cool shit already out there waiting yeah. for your purchase i know you said you're uh you don't make a ton of sales in alberta so hopefully we can help you help you change that <laughs> um i have made zero sales in alberta zero sales in saskatchewan 
but fuck, I did uh, a friend of ours, a friend of ours from the label, a guy that had bought everything on the label, just moved to Edmonton. So I'm like, I'm counting that. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, hopefully this yeah. helps. All right. Know, Thanks, uh, guys. Appreciate yeah, let's, it. Let's, let's pick your last song before we let you go. I'm going to go with uh, the Tarlex overreacted. It's uh, the from the third split in the series where bands cover each other. The Tarlex are from Vancouver, BC. And this the overreacted is their original on that album. Because each each one of the series, they cover the A side covers the B side, B side covers the A side, and then one original. Overreacted is the original. And for those listening, Ken runs uh, Gutter Pop Records and Insipid Records. Check him out because he does the Remotes Core series. He just put out a record called Across the Pond, which has uh, the Tarlix, uh, the Adams, Dave Rock and the Jobbers, and Skimmer. And he just did the Remotes Core one, two, and three. And the pressing plant that the pressing plant that I use, if they, they do overrun, they don't charge me. But the one he uses, if they do overrun, they charge him and they accidentally like press it an extra hunter. So if you're oh. feeling some pity towards Ken, he could use some sales because like he basically got dinged $1,400 he wasn't expecting. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. Hey, folks, dig deep into your pockets and help out the guy. So that's yeah. <laughs> so that would be Tarless overreacted would be my final pick. Awesome, man. We well, can do that. Thanks again for, awesome. for hopping on, buddy. And uh, yes. yeah, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be continuing to chat and stay in touch. All yeah. right. Thanks, Josh and Ty. I appreciate it. Got more to talk about next time. So yeah, thank you and talk to you. Later. Hey, I'll come back anytime you guys want. We're all, we're all go we're all going to Gonorrhea Fest and we'll have stories. There you go. <laughs> we're, we're all pissing a trough together. <laughs> that too. All right, Jordy. Okay, good, good night, night buddy. Cheers. Bye. Bye. God.
Jordy from Faster and Louder Records in uh, London, Ontario, and you're listening to Denim Radio. And we're back. <laughs> All right, man. We uh we pulled it off, man. Last minute pack, but we pulled it off. We did not break the streak yet. I guess I shouldn't jinx it because it's not out yet. But if you're listening to this on Friday, January 5th, that means we made it. So thanks for coming along this journey. Our Iron Man streak remains. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, I feel pretty good. You know, uh, here's to a thousand more. Ooh, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of Fridays, but you know what? I'm down. I'll be an old man. Maybe this computer will still be going by then. We'll see. <laughs> in the in the in the near future, nursing homes will have podcast studios in them, right? <laughs> yeah, every, so. Everybody in there, a senile old man with dementia. <laughs> just a lot of off color. He thinks he's doing a podcast. Just <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's he'll stay talk, in there for hours and he doesn't bother anyone. Talking to an eggplant. Yeah, no, that's great. How do you how do you feel about it? Uh, you know, it's been what twenty three, four episodes since you started. You having a good time, buddy? You're dancing there a little bit. Yeah, I've been definitely been seeing some some positive growth, and you know, we're uh, getting to chat with some interesting people from from all over North America. We can say now, not not the world yet, but that's that's more of a time zone thing that we'll have to figure out, but. We'll, we'll we'll get it. There's definitely some guys from overseas we need to talk to, so we're we're working on that. But uh, no, I, I'm super stoked with how things are going. I mean, big things coming. Hashtag local label, local band. Uh, 2024. This is our year, baby. Yeah, <laughs> saw, this is this is our year. I saw another tweet that was like your reel or whatever. It was like I. It's like I'm not seeing anybody saying this is our year. Everybody's learned their lesson from. Oh, exactly. The hubris, the hubris of <laughs> society going into the 2020s. It was, uh, yeah, pride cometh got, before the fall. Yeah, we all got knocked down a peg or two after that. Yes. But you know what? We're all still here, hopefully. If you're, Let if us you're know listening what you here. enjoy about the podcast or don't enjoy, and we'll we'll read it, read it and uh, probably not acknowledge it. Or maybe we'll take your suggestion maybe we won't hey man so if, we, if we start getting more emails and stuff and dms that are like just people listening and want to reach out to us or tell us we're idiots because we're always spreading disinformation interact with the show okay yeah, it's gonna help everybody it. i know uh social media likes to fucking throttle everybody's reach but uh you know what we're gonna break through one way or another we're Break on through to the other side. Oh, Break man. on through to the other side. Mr. Mojo. Do you like the doors? I do not care for the doors, no. Yeah. I was reading a book once. I can't remember what it was called. One of those like old punk re- like uh retrospective type of books. And there's just all those old punkers just fucking hated the doors. I just thought they were poser fucking wankers and <laughs> so pretentious, like. And I've like I've known you know guys that kind of base their persona off Jim Morrison, and it's just so grating and pretentious. And it's like I don't know, man. I'm sure it was fun when it was happening, but not not for this guy. Yeah, I mean, obviously they were a popular band for a long time, and but it's like I don't know. It's always interesting thinking about you know like the people that died young. You didn't see them like, I mean. There, there are rock stars who have aged pretty well, or at least haven't done anything problematic. Like you don't, 
Iggy Pop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's been a fucking weirdo for since day one. So it's like you don't really hear anything too terrible about him. Well, some of the shit you read, actually, in some of those books you read about him just being this rabid junkie and shit. But he's still alive somehow, against all odds. But yeah, you you often wonder if that like created like that mythos, you know, like would fucking Kurt Cobain be on fucking Twitter just being an asshole right now, <laughs> like pissing everyone off? Like, would would Kurt Cobain be mega? <laughs> mega Cobain? Who knows, man? Like, who knows, man? Like that's the thing. Gen X is kind of a lot of those people have kind of went weird. Like all yeah. those old Saturday Night Live guys, right? You think would be on the level, but then you hear him talk, it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. But I don't know. I also it is interesting. That, to think that, about I'm just that. wondering if that's what made the doors like a little bit more. I don't know. It gave them a little bit more of a mythos to them. Like, you know, are they going to, if they were still touring and I guess they oh, were big because enough Jim Morrison passed away and they didn't yeah. continue. We didn't get to see the other shoe drop on that whole saga. Yeah, or like they become kind of this old lame. Is he going to be up there like Buddy from uh, Motley Crue, like hundred yeah. pounds overweight? Or or no boys? Yeah, or would they take it, you know, gracefully like the Stones? You never know. Yeah, I don't. I I have no idea how big they were in their. I don't know. I remember watching the movie with like Meg Ryan and. Al Kilmer, I don't remember a fucking thing about it. So <laughs> I don't know how deeply it dove into what was going on there. But anyways, I don't know why we're talking about them, just because we were breaking on through the other side. So it's what you get with dinner radio, I mean. Yeah, we're talking about shit we know nothing about again. It's because you the guy that stole your girlfriend in high school was had a door statue. Now you're like, Fuck <laughs> oh, that dude, it was it was that it was that obvious, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You just you're a little bit too on the nose with your description about guys. <laughs> you outed yourself. That's funny. Cool, man. Well, yeah. Let's uh let's call it a day. I want to go to bed. Um well uh yeah, everybody that's tuned in, thanks for doing so. Make sure you're heading to highendenumrecords.com to uh grab some swag if you want. I mean, maybe you've been around the block you've seen some of us rocking our high-end denim hoodies quite sharp so i was thinking about doing another batch of those so if you like them let us know we'd love to get another batch or maybe just put them out there for general consumption i don't know yeah it's a good hoodie. kind of cool that they're uh you know only a chosen few have them so far but it's funny uh mitch from regal foul showed up to the show wearing his i was wearing mine ozone was wearing his so it's just like Fucking high end denim just bopping around everywhere. Oh man, when the yeah, when upside down man came down for our tour, upside they all had band? them. Upside down men bent. And yeah, so they all had them. Scotty and I had them. And so yeah, it was like a big crew of these. We looked like death row records in these black and white hoodies at the breakfast table every morning. It was great. Well, I was wearing mine and then this guy owns like a record shop in town and he was he didn't actually stay for the show. He was there picking up food, but he like kind of pointed out, he was like, Well, is that your sponsor? I'm like, oh, label that i run or co-run i don't want to say anything against ozone's contributions just because he punked out on the show and doesn't come on anymore but ozone's a contributor he does contribute oh yeah he does a lot behind the scenes he's he's the he's the bean counter he's the fucking hotel booker he's the fucking what else did he do he pays all the bands sure you got e-transfer today gives a fucking wicked hand job boss yeah no comment on that one but, uh, <laughs> I'm glad he's taking care of the bands. Yes. <laughs> That's out of my skill set. 
<laughs> well, yeah. What what I'm saying is it takes a village, and we all have hoodies. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. We're we're gonna be back in a week. Got a cool guest lined up. I forget who it is, but it, it's in a spreadsheet, so we won't forget. Got anything to add before we frolic into the sunset? No, just everybody uh, take care of yourselves out there. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, hit us up. We'll see make, you next time. Make two, 2024 your bitch. You have our blessing to do so. Live your best life as a Jim Morrison clone wannabe ass <laughs> mother. <laughs> Man, you got to get over that. Tiffany's not coming back. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. All right. On that note, this has been Josh. Over there is Ty. We'll be back in a week. This has been Denim Radio. Oh, wait. What song are we playing? Did we pick a song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, oh, we yeah. picked a song. I did pick a song. So a uh, quick little, little thing before I let, you, let everybody go. So when we opened for 10-Foot Pole in Banff, we were chatting with uh, Anthony, the owner of uh, People of Punk Rock Records, and he ended up buying a, a CD, which is a compilation, which they have uh, Vincent that does Red Bridge Fest on the on the cover, and it's kind of just the old classic compilation. And I was just looking at it. We were talking about it because, uh, spoiler alert, we're working on one for High on Denim, which should be out, I hope, in the spring. But I don't know. I've always loved compilations. Ty's always loved compilations. O- Ozone, I think, like compilations. Who knows with him? But uh, we we want to do our own. So, anyways, I was looking at this one, and there's some definitely some uh, amazing music. But we figured let's do uh, Judo Chop. Um, I don't have any information about this band other than their own punk rock records. The song is called Miles, and I know actually I think I have heard this band before, and they rip pretty good, but. We're we're going in blind like we've what we've been doing all day. So, yes, we almost forgot to do it, but now for real, we're gonna leave you with judo chop, and all the blessings you may accept. Hiya, get a radio. Hi.
pretty healthy dumps, pretty healthy dumps, pretty healthy dumps, upside down men bend, pretty healthy dumps, upside down men bend.